this is the Chess Club Live podcast. It's the first recording of the year, and Happy New Year to all of you. We're going to have lots to talk about in this episode. Um, Daniel Dubov's mask, Anish Giri getting hacked, Puzzle Rush 3.0, Justice for Nonna, and Kanye West in chess. In the Tata Steel chess tournament, Daniel Dubov uh, was forfeited um, in round seven for failing to wear his mask. He was paired with Anish Giri. Anish Giri is going to appear in this podcast quite a few times. And um, as a matter of principle, he refused to play because he was asked to wear a mask the the mask was a precautionary uh, procedure um, as part of the COVID-19 rules that were in in play um, at uh, the Tata Steel tournament Um, he was waiting for a PCR test to wear the mask. Now the question is why would that cause him to forfeit the game? Um, I think there's sort of um, echoes of the tennis controversy in the Australian Open with Novak Djokovic where we were having athletes um, both in tennis and chess, feeling that their personal rights are being um, essentially cast aside for the greater good um, of the other competitors and of generally the um, the rulings that that uh, the sporting bodies have. In the case of the Australian Open, I think that was more of a, like a public health. Um, kind of messaging thing um, and it being the chess with Daniel Dubov I think it's pretty straightforward in the sense that every player was subject to the same rule and they were both uh, to do with their health and to do with maintaining that kind of procedure um, that allows them to continue um, the tournament and uh, you know all the uh, Dutch authorities um, presumably check these things to see that public events are being held in the right way so there's kind of like a, a duty of care as well as um, you know, following the rules that were set out um, Dubov later withdrew from the tournament showing a positive for COVID. Uh, So in a way, the direction of travel was um, that he he potentially could have got COVID and passed it on had they not had those um, precautions in place. So the question really is, at what point do we say, uh, this is a personal choice um, and um, 
athletes effectively do what they want in terms of their wearing of masks. Um, I think it's harder to argue this in terms of having a vaccine. Like um, Novak Djokovic has found that um, out that um, the the vaccine policy seems to be um, a high level of compulsion on on the players to do that. However, um, you know, wear a mask, which is what we're talking about in a lot of countries. Um, the UK, for instance, that it's it depends where you live. So in Wales and I think Scotland, you can you're expected to wear a mask in the most public settings, but um, in England you don't have to wear a mask in most public settings. And um, so the messaging isn't very clear. I, I don't know if Daniel Dubov is going to be doing this at another tournament. Like, what is his plan in terms of, like, is he sacri- going to sacrifice all his chances uh, to make the candidates, uh, to, um, you know, just to make, make a living out of chess um, on his principles? You know, standing by your principles is all good. Um, I would never criticize anyone for doing that, but I guess it's finding out what the right principles to support are. And if you're um, supporting a principle which is putting other people at risk, then it kind of makes it a bit more tricky and ethically it's not very clear. So that's the Dubov mask drama. Um, he eventually was forfeited um, and left the tournament. Um, uh, I think mutual agreement, and um, he didn't make um, a, a final score. Uh, all his games were f- uh, forfeited. Um, I don't know if there was any rating impact. I probably should know whether that was, but I suppose um, they it would it it wouldn't really uh, matter to be honest. Um, no, Fide they probably did. Because he was saying, like, 
beautiful things to a lot of people in chess and um, obviously he denied all of it maybe most of it um, and actually you know it was very hilarious in saying that the hacker was actually very good at um, the kind of social media banter that Giri is known for and it was probably marginally better than him um, Giri has denied it and I would say well show us the evidence Giri <laughs> like tell us you know um, it, it I mean it's not April Fool's so maybe it's an, it's an early April Fool's I don't know like I'm not suggesting Giri did this himself um, but it's a difficult one to um, prove otherwise um, I mean why the question is like why would Giri do this you know why would you just say like a load of nasty things about people you do that anyway right you know in, in your own kind of smooth and you know passive aggressive way so like I mean you don't need to, to pretend to be hacked to say all those things you're saying them anyway in different ways I mean Gary's the same guy who wrote a book called After Magnus where he basically talked about Magnus um, having relinquished his um world championship and no longer being that um, relevant a spent force and then launched into a critique on all his um, essentially competitors uh, for the uh, world title I was very very frank I mean this is a guy who can speak his mind doesn't really need to pretend to be hacked in order to speak his mind so that for me is the proof um, I don't believe Kiri would need to do this um, unless he has a very overactive marketing manager who's just joined his team who's thought this was a good idea um, in everyone's like you know just joshing with him right now and just like cracking jokes about um, you know how we um think that Giri is hacked and notional drink wink and all of that sort of stuff so um I, I, I guess it was a highlight <laughs> you know uh, with chess these chess dramas you've got you've, you can't let a good chess drama go to waste um, so uh, that's Giri um, I, I think the jury's still out but I think um, he doesn't really need um, a hacker to make him speak his mind he can do that um, himself and um, I just think you know like get a two factor security Giri you know like sort his security out like that should not be happening um, obviously it can happen but you know two factor authentication makes it very difficult to happen mate so sort that out um, and Everything's masters, which is happening right now. They're up to round four, and it's continuing. I think there's there's 
probably about 15 rounds or so um, and they um, have started and the, the big news is um, Nepo um, Nepo Miyachi has beaten Carlson wow yippee you kept that late right so he's he's, he's beating Carlson Carlson's um, kind of at the bottom end of the table uh, maybe like um, points this is this scoring system where you get loads of points for winning and, and nothing for losing um, and uh, just a little bit more for drawing so uh, that makes Geary's life a bit difficult though doesn't it um, but anyway like Carlson started off with um, a win then a draw then completely just lost the plot um, and lost the game um, and then the round four he lost uh, to Nepo um, so that might be quite interesting to see what he does today and see if he's able to pull himself out of the, the mire um, so that that's um, uh, you know the, these air things masters basically a group of the same chess players um, get a couple of wild cards this time um, but the same chess players essentially playing each other like multiple times and giving themselves thousands and thousands of dollars in prize money I'll be honest I, I don't really it doesn't, doesn't really excite me I don't watch much of it um, I follow the the um, daily scores um, but I don't really watch much of it anymore it doesn't excite me uh, used to um, but when you play when you have the same people playing each other with the same openings the same variations copying out the same point and drawing um, it you're all you're looking for are blunders you know it's like a blunder check you know just waiting for someone to blunder so that there's a score you know so just see someone win something. Um, scared of Carlson most of the time. Um, so that's all it is. It's about who's more scared of Carlson at any particular point. If you're less scared of him, you probably end up winning the tournament. Um, playing defensively, it doesn't excite anybody. The Air Things Masters. Uh, which was essentially a overtake um, of the um, at the time the Grand Chess Tour, um, which was um, like an over the board tournament, um, and then COVID happened, and then we had Air Things Masters and. Um, Meltwater Championships um, and the and the tour and the Magnus Carlsen Invitationals and I think that's going to probably develop into an OTB um, going forward and um, you know the Grand Chess Tour will be told friend that it's going to be back on but I don't think it's going to have Carlsen in it um, imagine the Synchrofield Cup with the no Carlsen um Caruana doesn't seem to take much part in uh, the 
professionals. So he's probably staying loyal to uh, the Grunches tour and the single field stuff, um, which is fine. Uh, what is happening with the Chess Classic? You know, I don't know what's going on with Chess Classic. Um, well, is that going to be part of the, the Grand Chess Tour, or is it not? Or is it just going to be like um, Tiddlywinds Championships or something? I don't know. It used to be a great tournament. I've attended it several times, and it was very good concept, immaculately, um, you know, organised as always with Malcolm Payne's projects, immaculately done. But I think Malcolm isn't as close to it as he used to be, and it's just turned into like a circus. Um, so I don't know what's gonna go on there. It's, um, uh, the Grand Chess Tour was like some some events in Paris, in Belgium, um, then Sinclairfield, um, and then was there something in Germany? I'm not sure. Um, Grecken was part of it, whatever, and then then it all ended in London, and and that was the Grand Chess Tour, and it was great. And I think Kasparov was part of the sponsorship for it, and yeah, it was it was really good. Um, and Saint Louis obviously um, were were really big players in it, um, but then it's just. Um, just fell away um, I'm hoping they can get back on track because it was really good and I would I do watch that um, kind of stuff because it is quality um, so Earthings Masters hoping Carlson wakes up starts playing um, to what we expect him to um, maybe Nepo should win it you know he deserves something um, uh, you know is looking good um, leading right now um, and Nepo is um, behind um, and, and looking dangerous got nothing to lose basically as a Nepo so um, go for it mate so that that's good um, and oh, okay Puzzle Rush 3.0 okay humor me Puzzle Rush 3.0 is essentially a new version of Puzzle Rush where you have a, a room full of uh, chess puzzles, like a simul, but with nobody on the other side, just you walking around a table full of, let's say, 60 puzzles, um, all laid out on 60 boards, and you run around each of the boards, solving the puzzles, playing them out for both sides. Once you've solved it, you then move on to the next one. You've got three minutes to do it. That's Puzzle Rush 3.0. You heard it here first, okay? I have worldwide copyright over this idea. Nobody else has. You've heard it here first. The reason this came in is I was reading um, my Twitter and someone was talking about um, some Nigerian kids who uh, were playing chess and then setting up the pieces or something and doing a competition on that and I thought well that's great you know and they were talking about how fast their fingers were and how, how you know they're smart and um, 
quick they were setting up pieces and I thought well yeah setting up pieces is great but in chess we do a bit more than that and there's lots of talent in that country and in Africa in general um, and why not have something that's actually um, more chess content in terms of like that speed and reaction why don't we have um, a puzzle uh, element to it um, running around um, a physical element to it and there's a mystery of just walking into a room each player walks into a room which has been prepared for them and prepped and then they solve these puzzles and they get score and then that's put on a board and then you reset the pieces for the next uh, player to walk into the room and it's like really um, uh, I think it's a really good um, type of challenge and what's ironic about it is when I created Puzzle Rush Design um, in my um, now infamous app Chess Master Q all those years ago 2008 my initial kind of inspiration for this was um, The Cube it's a television game show where you walk into a room and you have a puzzle in front of you it's like some kind of like um, mental challenge you've got to move the blocks and kind of like get it past um, some obstacle and do it in a certain way in a certain configuration or you know, physically move your body out of the way of something and then when you get to the other side you win the room goes green if you've won and all goes red you see, you see where these inspirations are coming from, red and green, these were my ideas, um, which we now all know as the puzzle rush design, okay, so you get a puzzle right, you've got, you've got a fixed time limit to get out of the room, otherwise you, that's it, you're game over, so the penalty is the time limit, not, not meeting the time limit, it's a penalty, and also you have three goes of getting it wrong, the three goes you were out. So it's exactly uh, the Puzzle Rush design that I built into my Chess Master Cube app. But my point here is not to rehash all of the fact that I created the Puzzle Rush design. I mean, that, that's just documented. And, you know, we, we know this now. But that we could move this genre of chess puzzles into a more sort of physical... Um, you know, uh, dynamic um, format where you have a room set up with these puzzles, which um, maybe on a screen or maybe set up the pieces. Maybe the screen would be easier, um, but you can have the pieces set up too, and um, on a board, on a physical board, and you're walking around solving these, and just that whole thing. You know, or you could even have people in the in, you know on the other side set the pieces after the other person just um, but you you'd obviously need to wait for that one person to go through as far as they could in the three minutes or the five minutes or you, maybe you don't have a time limit you just see where they stop where they just score out um, or you have all, all of those things happening at the same time different rounds um, uh, you can have two sides of the room where they have the same puzzles and they walk around that's like a physical representation of, of like a, a battle 
creations or um, yeah, that I created a, a, a battle scenario way before chess.com did um, and I even tweeted about it before they came out with their identical idea about the battle um, rounds we could even have a, a tournament where you have lots of people in lots of rooms and lots of uh, different parts of rooms all solving the same puzzles um, and then um, scoring points and then moving to a different round it's whatever you want to make it so that's Puzzle Rush 3.0 moving it from um, the screen um, in a very personal um, one one on one um, to socialising it um, you know so that's my idea non gap really sued Netflix The Queen's Gambit for misrepresenting her. The case was challenged by Netflix and uh, to be dismissed and the judge ruling in the Central Californian um, courts uh, threw out the objection um, and ruled that the um, case should be heard. So that's the situation now is that Netflix are going to have to defend why a fictional account, which in the book mentions Mona, um, why they chose to change that script, to change the actual storyline and, and say something about her which she deemed to be, um, you know, derogatory um, and defamation, and they're going to have to defend that. I think um, let the case be heard. Um, do fictional accounts need to factor in the fact that they're mentioning someone um, who's real, whether they change the name of that person or not? Could someone simply say, You are talking about me, and it's very obvious, um, irrespective of any changes that are made, like the, the years. Um, that that person was said to be playing were different from the reality but they're using her name Um, it's true to say that when she was a women's chess champion um, and the world uh, women's champion um, there was a point where she clearly hadn't played the leading male grandmasters but that um, quickly was followed by her playing at the world stage and playing all these male grandmasters. I think Netflix's claim is that they were depicting her before she played these male grandmasters. I don't think anyone's suggesting she hasn't played a male person in her life, even as a child, even as a growing player. She must have played people who were male, okay? Like, I don't think Netflix can get away with claiming that. I think what is just being said is there was no malice, there was no, um, um, you know, uh, harm being um, meant by having that uh, um, storyline changed. I mean, that's their case, I guess, and her case is that actually whether there was no harm planned or not, it has harmed her, and um, 
solid her reputation and her legacy and they just need to pay her five million dollars uh, which is a lot of money um, but I've, I've seen people um, being paid out compensation on, on less um, you know allegedly less being done to them um, so this is um, this is a kind of interesting thing um, the just gauging like the chess community the really supporting Nona justice for Nona is a hashtag that, that was trending might be trending the next time we hear anything about the case so um, just watch the space we'll, we'll just keep giving updates on it um, declared interests um, uh, I run the um, Netflix the Queen's Gambit um, Twitter account and um, kind of um, really see it see a bit from the Netflix side um, as well as Nona's side um, and obviously Netflix uh, see it from their side um, so um, yeah quite interesting um, sequence of uh, events going on in the chess world and we may have um, um, a court case that, that can um, it's not so much chess getting impacted but like fiction all dramatisation books, movies if, if this court rules that um, making up something about someone who's real that effectively puts um, paid to stuff like the crown and all these other things where people are just essentially making stuff up Netflix have reacted kind of typically in, in a Netflix way where they, um, they have a new Netflix series called Inventing Anna uh, about Anna Delvey um, socialite who's allegedly made things up about some wealth that she had Chairman Harris true and um, in the series itself they kept saying this story is totally true apart from the parts that are totally made up or words to that effect and they kept putting this in various parts of the Netflix series like you'd see it on a on a, on a stone um, engraving on the side of a building or as a poster or sort of side of a bus or something so this is something that is already changing Netflix so you know Nonna has every right to defend her reputation and legacy and um, I support her in that um, also uh, Netflix has the right to defend their freedom to express their artistic um, content um, and you know they feel they didn't uh, mean any malice so Men, they obviously need to consider the fact that you know, best endeavors, but you know, maybe you do have to look at what um, Nona was feeling. She just needs to feel that for that to be considered something worth um, pursuing in, in, in a court of law. Um, this, this is the world we live in, and um, it's you know, I think that's all for the better. Let's test these things. And, ethics of, of 
stuff and saying stuff about people. I mean, it seems fine until it, it's you that's the subject of this type of um, content. Um, so there has to be, I guess, some limits to what you can and can't say about people when you don't know if it's true or not. Like, if you have a Netflix series about you, you who's listening to this, what stuff are you prepared to just shrug um, off and say, yeah, that's fine, fair play, you know, you can say I, I did this or did that, even though I didn't, um, you know, like, no, nobody would like stories being told about them that just weren't true, um, and a lot of people don't know about Nona, they've never heard of her, the only time they've ever heard of her is in this series, and then they hear, like, stuff that implies that she didn't get very far I think the context was missing I think that's really my own criticism of Netflix in the Queen's Gambit is that the context was missing now if Netflix weren't so particular about cancelling their series and showing that a limited series needs to be a limited series and they can't like vary it and carry the, the story on they could have added that context either in the show itself or having maybe a few more episodes um, changing uh, it from a limited series to a continuing series where they could have explored you know Beth Harmon versus Nona that would have been quite interesting I don't know that's their problem they don't like to, to make more money out of the franchise okay like, so other people will um, uh, I, th- I think at the they should do a documentary about Nona Gabrindish really um, you know there's one out there they could buy that play that or create their own they're pretty good at doing documentaries so that that's the uh, controversy about Nona um, okay Kanye West in chess um, this is just a, um, a thing that I say a lot I think I've done like a few things in chess and um, I'm a big Kanye West fan and uh, the way Kanye West is received, you know, he's obviously clearly a talented musician, talented artist, talented futurist um, and all of these things. Um, but kind of the way he's received, like you talk about Elon Musk, you talk about Steve Jobs, you talk about Mark Zuckerberg, they've done like really sketchy stuff you know really kind of like weird things said weird things you know and it's all like considered yeah alright yeah that's just genius Kanye West does it and everyone's like oh my god Kanye West has started that's what I'm trying to say that you know the fact that you want to um, say that you are brilliant and something is not in itself a bad thing because there are plenty of people who do that and we accept it we just say you know whatever they're brilliant um being your own publicist isn't necessarily a bad thing in these this day and age it's much cheaper than um having someone else do it but i think the point is and this is where i'm relating it to chess i feel like i'm the Kanye West of chess in that I've done all these things, you know, created this thing called Chess Club Live, 
created the puzzle of design, created Rolling 24-Hour News. Believe it or not, before I started Chesscope Live, there was no Rolling 24-Hour News. As in, when I created Chesscope Live, the idea was that any point you go into the page, you just get the latest news as of then. And I used RSS, really simple syndication technology, um, to create this effect where you just get the latest news and um, obviously if resources were um, not a factor I could make that as real time as possible Um, but it was quite real time like every um, at one point it was every 15 minutes you were getting a new story in the chess world and it's a story it's like a tournament result or someone dropped a piece you know, in, 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 in Cuba or in, um, you know, New York State ch- chess championships and tri- tripped over the board or, you know, whatever the, the news item was, it was in there. I was, I was trawling local news in every single country, tra- trawling all the major chess websites and just putting it out there with links so it was an aggregation of news and you just go through and get to the news so I wasn't taking the credit I was just literally just networking everywhere Um, and this idea really came from uh, back in the day there was a a page called the Steve Priebus chess page and he just literally had a link for every single major chess page in the world at the time. And this was like the early days of, of the internet when something called Netscape was the biggest browser and Mosaic was coming up. Um, this is all gobbledygook to people who don't really know about these um, early days of the internet. But, you know, I, this is how things happen. So, um, the Kanye West of chess, I'm not saying I'm the only person creating stuff worth doing, but um, the reason why you don't probably know about me or know about the things I've done and why I'm not on podcasts, um, like the perpetual podcast by Ben Johnson, call that out. Um, You've got all sorts of people on that show um, being interviewed. I'll never get an invite, and I know that, because, you know, face doesn't fit, I'm the Kanye West of chess, it's easier to say, look at this guy, I was called out by an admin in Lee Chess, called No Joke, No Joke Chris, I think his name is, he knows himself, and a lot of people listening to this will know him, and he just basically called me out, and saying I'm a fantasist for coming up um, with the things I've come up with. He admitted that I'd come up with some original stuff, but said, I just, the criticism that he made on Leach's forum was that I created lots of things, new, interesting things in chess, but they were badly, so badly done. And I created so many of them that when they were done properly by, I guess, the acceptable faces of, uh, of chess, I could take credit for all these things. So it's basically saying I'm a dog in the manger and that I was 
brilliant enough to create all these ideas which other brilliant people then created in a very um, more acceptable way. So he's essentially saying, I'm smart enough to think of all these things, but not smart enough to make them good enough for people to use, which is a very nuanced um, criticism, as I'm prepared to accept. He's saying I'm brilliant enough to come up with the Puzzle Rush design, but I couldn't make it as as good as Daniel Wrench could. I accept that. I mean, I'm not chess.com. I don't have the resources they have and the, um, you know, um, user um, experience designers they probably have. I was literally um, doing this all on my own and and running um, a community at the same time as well as, um, you know, doing whatever I needed to do. It wasn't my day job. So... Um, yeah, this is a, this is a very strange thing, um, uh, but I'm quite proud to be Kanye West of chess, and I'll continue to be, um, you know, through the wire. Um, I will continue to work through the wire, and um, uh, you know, I did maybe drop out in terms of uh, those that are known in chess, but I've definitely graduated. Um, and uh, got stronger for it. Um, so what the the situation is now is that I just um, let my community um, keep going, and um, I'm, you know I I don't want to be negative, um, and I just want to see the positives. And this is a word to Daniel Wrench. Look, mate, you um, judged my. Entry into the competition. Um, this is a competition that, that was created by Jennifer Shahade and um, Poker Stars, and it was about coming up with a chess poker combination game. And I came up with um, chess poker game, and it was basically a version of my Chess Master Cube, which is now what everyone calls Puzzle Rush. And um, it is possible that you looked at that app, um, you decided not to shortlist it because it wasn't shortlisted by the judges. And there were loads of judges Liv Bori, Daniel Noregu, um, and, and so on. And uh, but you just it just went into your subconscious, and then later on, you had this kind of um, moment, light bulb moment, and you thought about this. You effectively said as much in a tweet to me um, which is public you haven't deleted it yet so it's still there Uh, great minds think alike I think you said but that's kind of not how intellectual property works if I thought of it first it's my intellectual property if you thought of it independently or through some kind of um, inception that happened that still means it's my intellectual property but look I'm prepared to let bygones be bygones I'm not relinquishing my copyright on this or my intellectual property but I'm simply saying look Nine Queens which is a chess charity run by Jennifer Shahade just give them a um, a donation you know if you if you want um, and Chess for Schools another great charity one that I've supported in the years as well as Nine Queens please give them a, a donation we'll call bygones bygones okay like 
there's no need, life is so short, there's no need to, to carry this on and on and on, um, it's getting boring now, people are getting bored of it, but please just sponsor these charities, publicly, privately, whatever you want to do, you know, um, and I'll, I'll call it, like, bygones on it, you know, um, funnily enough, Wordle, um, by uh, Jeff Wardell, is, is a similar situation, where, um, that was a, um, a, an app by, um, Jeff Wardell, and in, in the, uh, he took the lingo, um, Design and created uh, what we now know as Wordle. Um, so we have a similar thing going on um, there, and um, that was uh, uh, yeah. Uh, he sold that to the New York Times. I don't. I think there's a case there for Lingo, um, the game show, to to contest that um, in terms of their design and their intellectual property being used, but. Um, I think maybe they've got more important things um, to do, so they've just left that. It doesn't seem like they're going to contest it. Um, I'm not saying the two things are the same, but it's kind of similar. Um, you know, uh, I it was a free app. I wasn't selling it. I didn't plan to sell it. Um, someone took the thing um, and started running with it and commercialised it and have done well out of it. Okay, big deal. Right, let's move on. But, you know, if you can't give to charity, that's all I'm saying. It's a very Kanye West thing to do, by the way. All right, um, I'll just wrap up now, guys. Thanks very much. It's been great um, having this podcast. Uh, you know, um, I love doing these things, and I hope you love listening to them. Very random, I know, as usual. Um, but, hey, someone has to be in the chess world. Um, so um, I hope to speak to you guys soon um and maybe if ben johnson's listening hey give us a spin right you know we could do a joint podcast together um interview each other um all right um anyway i don't think that's gonna happen um this is me signing out michael from chess club life thank you very much this has been the chess club life podcast bye